What's up, PC Familia members and sports fanatics around the world? Welcome back to the very first edition of 2022 of the Press Coverage Sports Show, brought to you by yours truly, Mr. Jason J. Seals Holmes, and it's brought to you by Persistence Media. And uh, like I said, I am your host, and we have my favorite co-host on the line. Joining us today on the Mel Eats Hotline. And Mel Eats is a meal prep service, which is a part of Persistence Foods Company, providing you nutritious and delicious meals with your macros laid out for you to help you keep them gains or losses on point, whatever you're trying to do. Um, And if you're part of the Keep Moving uh, competition we got going on right now, Mel Eats is what you need in your life. Look them up at Persistence Culture on IG and uh, hit them up with a DM and figure out how you can get your meals today. But joining us on the Mel Eats Hotline is my man, my brother in arms, my partner in crime. We got none other than football fanatic and insider specialist Jimbo on the line. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been a while since I had you on an episode. You know, there's been lots of things going on in life and stuff, so we haven't been able to be as consistent. But that's my New Year's resolution for all the PC sports show fans out there. We are going to be consistent in 2022. And Jimbo, you're going to be on lots of episodes, chopping it up about all kinds of sports stuff. I can't wait, man. I'm glad to be here. It's always fun to get on here and and give our takes to see what we can get the people. Yes, sir. Joining us from Urban Meyerless Jacksonville now. That sounds great, doesn't it? It sure does. It's got a nice little ring to it. It's got a nice little ring to it. So it is playoff time, and uh, the NFL playoffs get ready to kick off this weekend. So I can't wait. Uh, definitely one of the better times of the year, regardless of who's in the playoffs, which the Dolphins are not, like always. Um, but what comes with the playoff times, uh, usually around loser franchises like the Dolphins, um, you need to look for a new head coach because you fire him, whether they're good or not, because you're not in the playoffs. And that's just the way it works, right, Jimbo? Absolutely. The Vikings are in that boat as well. Yes, sir. Win, win or your ass is fired, right? And then you can go home to wherever you want because there's no reason to live in Miami no more, unfortunately, Brian Flores, which I want to say I'm personally pretty bummed out about because I think he's a damn good coach. Um, he doesn't know shit about offense, and unfortunately, the offensive coordinators that he had didn't know shit about offense either. So, uh, you know, I don't, think, I don't think he gave himself a fair shot by, uh, you know, um, promoting from within to those chuckleheads going from tight end coach to fucking offensive coordinator. It was a bad choice, Flo, and it got you canned. Um, But with that being said, Jimbo, um, I want to talk about the coaching carousel. I want to know who you think. um, Brian Flores was a first-time head coach, um, and I I want to know who you think is the most deserving coach out there right now that hasn't gotten his opportunity yet to be a head coach, um, and this is going to be his year. Who do you think it is? I'd probably go with uh, Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City. Okay, he's been a name for a long time. I mean, like years. I feel like that's a name that we could have used like the last four years. Yeah, absolutely do. Um, you know, they've continued to have success, and he's been a, I'll say he's been a big part of that. And I think I think he's due. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think I think he's got he's learning from one of the best offensive minded head coaches, you know, and he's being patient. Um, he didn't jam off for like a college job or anything. He's paying his dues, staying the course, you know, and like you said, they keep winning. Um, but what about the offensive struggles with Kansas City earlier in this year? You know, you think this got anything to do with B enemy or are you blaming it on my boy uh, Andy F.A. Reed? I mean, I don't really think it's the coaching necessarily. You know, I think that, you know, every Every team hits the, the lulls at times, you know what I'm saying? But they, they picked it back up. So, I mean, I think it was just that year that they didn't play strictly as well as they wanted to on offense. But, I mean, they got it back together, and they're still a dominant force in the AFC. 
That's true. That's true. They're definitely a dominant force. And, you know, no matter who you have on offense, you know, it still takes the proper coordination of the offense for it to work, you know, and that's that was shown early in the year. You know, it wasn't clicking on all cylinders and he was able to figure it out. Do you think he's you think he's competent enough to run a franchise? though? do you have that confidence in him that he's going to be a leader of men? I think so. I mean, he hasn't been just a flash in the pan. He's not one of those dudes who says, you know, his name popped up after one good season. You know, so I think that I think he's due, and I think that all he needs is the opportunity. I just hope he goes to a team to where he can really make a difference, and it's not one of those teams that's already really bad to where like he gets there and then he's been there for <laughs> two years and he gets fired. And fires ass because the team sucked. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. Maybe maybe don't come down to Miami then, be enemy. Um, but so so there you go with that with that segue. Where would you put him if you got to put the enemy in a spot for success? What franchise should be looking to hire my boy Rock? I would probably go with probably one of the worst offensive teams out there, and I'm going to go Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, why? Give me the deets. Because you got you got a quarterback that they believe can be franchised, and you know he's worked with Pat Mahomes, so I mean, he, I feel he can you know give him the tools to, to help him out and reach his potential. Uh, he's definitely got to get some weapons out there because it was a shit show out there all season. And uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, I just think that you know with what he's been working with, I think he could really you know groom him and put him in a, a spot to be what everyone thinks he can be. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, you you think um, uh, Lawrence is the bill of goods that we were sold pre-draft? You think he's the truth? You think he just needs uh, the proper guy to polish him up? I, I, it's hard to tell because like they were so bad. You know what I'm saying? It was. It was <laughs> but he's supposed to fix office. that, right? That's why you take him number one, right? He's supposed to make you not so bad. They were so bad before they had him. You're right, but you can only do so much when your your coaching seems incompetent and the players that you got around you aren't exactly top tier. You know what I'm saying? So they, I, I don't think on offense, I don't think they really had much to really to really help, especially with the line breaking down as much as they did. I mean, the man was running for his life out there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You can't really hold that. That's the toughest thing about a young quarterback. If you're like you said, running for your life, I mean, I don't give a damn how good you could throw on the run. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble. So. Uh, yeah, I like that. I could see Bienemy uh, being a nice fit in Jacksonville. Um, for me, though, for me, I think the guy that deserves it this year, and Bienemy is, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but uh, I, I would add to that list with a uh, another guy that's got some ties to your neck of the woods over there in Jacksonville, and uh, I like Byron Leftwich, man. I think I think uh, old Leftwich needs a needs a shot, man. What do you think of the job he's been doing down there as a uh, Bucks OC? Uh, I think he's been doing a great job. Um, even with James Winston was there, I mean, they looked good on offense. I mean, obviously the turnovers, you know, like those, but those weren't all on him or the scheme or whatever. Just James, you know, he had to get them, get them eyes checked, get them fixed. But uh, <laughs> obviously with Tom Brady, it's hard to be a judge of, you know, how much growth there really was because it's, it's Tom Brady. But you can't take away – what he's done since he's been there and how good they've looked. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like uh, I, I like Byron Leftwich personally because I'm almost in a similar boat as the enemy um, that they're learning from, you know, kind of a trend-setting, offensive-minded guru. So when you just get – when you learn in that bubble of knowledge, that tends to be what you take with it. You know, there's reason that there's coaching trees in the NFL, so to speak, and you – start looking at all these coaching trees and where people are pulled from. People only pull from certain coaching trees for a reason. Like, I mean, even sorry, Joe Judge got a job just because he was on Belichick's staff. I mean, and the Giants are kicking themselves in the ass for that one right now. Um, so I think oh, yeah. I, so I think Leftwich is 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 definitely risky because you know when he came into the league I you know I wasn't thinking oh Byron Leftwich is going to be a great NFL head coach one day. Um, 
But one thing that I do remember hearing about him over his playing career is how like of a cerebral style quarterback he was. Because, I mean, yes, he's a big dude with a strong arm, but he was smart out there. You know, he could read defenses. And I think that I think that displaying that to Trevor Lawrence is going to help him grow. And then on top of it, he's got the ties to Jacksonville. You know, that was his franchise while he was playing. So, I mean, it works good. Um, but for me, I feel like with any head coach hire, I feel like, you, you know, they always want to pair him with the GMs and then let the head coach hire the offensive coordinator. Or ex- that's at least how it seems like to me. I feel like you need you should be hiring in a, in a bundle package. Like if you hire Byron Leftwich, he's your offensive guy. You need to like... Say, okay, I'll take you, Byron, as long as you come with Brian Flores. You know, you're a two-piece deal. I mean, because I think that that's what undoes a lot of these coaches. Um, and, like, that's like, I think Joe Judge is one of the worst coaching uh, regimes that I've ever seen in my life. Do you feel the same way, or do you feel like Joe Judge is getting a little bit too much heat right now? I mean, I think the whole, I mean, I guess you would say the whole front office seems incompetent at times. Yeah. But, like, 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 well, they fired said, Gettleman, you too. Your, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, he retired, but we knew he was going to get fired. Yeah, right. so like, like, like they don't let him take the easy way out. But <laughs> like Parcel says, you are what your record says you are, and his record was trash. Damn right, I like that quote. That's why I like. That's why I like the big tuna. Bill Parcells was, you know, he's he's going to be a straight shooter with you. You are what your record are, and you know that's why. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what Joe Judge got fired for in my eyes too. And then on top of it, you know, he went up there and acting like you know the team was good. I mean, obviously you can't go up there and just say, hey, we suck. But you know, I feel like Matt Nagy was, you know, handling being a losing team better than Joe Judge. Joe Judge was trying to act like they were something more than they weren't because every time I bet on the Giants, I got fucking screwed. They couldn't make a point spread big enough for those guys to cover. It got to the point where I wouldn't even look at their games no more. I just prayed they went playing on Sunday, and I'd be put in position where I might make a mistake and pick them. Yeah, I did. I went against my cardinal rule of don't bet on a team that you think can actually win the game on the point spread a couple of times with the Giants, and they boned me every time, man. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, so those are, those are like, you know, other teams and we're just talking about our own teams, you representing the Vikings regime, myself representing the Dolphins, uh, regime and who's out there that we can get as head coaches. So I want to do this as a two piece, no biscuit kind of a segment where I'll take the Dolphins right now. And then after that, you can follow up with who you'd like the Vikings to hire as their next head coach. Um, and for me as the Dolphins personally, I think that if I had to go with a pairing, like I said, I think that head coaches should kind of, you know, come in a two-piece deal. And since we kept the GM, Chris Greer, who eh, I'm not too thrilled with how he's been picking people in the draft because you look at all these first-round picks we got, ain't none of them all that fucking good, Jimbo. Um, So I'm a little bummed with that, but we kept him. There's nothing we can do about that. But I would go with, uh, for head coach, I take your boy, honestly, Mike Zimmer as head coach. I don't know if he's interested. I know he's getting a little older, so that's the one thing I don't don't like about it. But he's defensive-minded. We already got a good defense. We need help on the offense. So I'd take Mike Zimmer as long as we can figure out a way to bring in an OC like Joe Brady. I really am big on Joe Brady. I think he got boned in, in uh, Carolina by having, you know, nothing to work with. A first-time NFL head coach with a first-time offensive coordinator. And they fired him. It's like, no, you shouldn't fire him. Sam Darnold is obviously a bum. He was, uh, he, they were trading him for a pack of chewing gum for a reason from a team from the Jets. If the Jets don't think he's good enough, I mean, Jesus, I feel like me and you can go out there and play quarterback and receiver for the Jets and be better than Darnold and, you know, his guys that he had when he was there. So I'm still high on Joe Brady. Um, so if I had to select the next step forward for the Dolphins, unfortunately, I think we should just have Brian Flores still and have fired the offensive coordinators. Um, but I would go Mike Zimmer and Joe Brady. What do you think about that, Jim? That's a good pick. I like it. I, I mean, 
I saw Mike Zimmer for eight years, and, you know, it was hit or miss, you know, some of those years on the defense. But, I mean, he's highly spoken of on the defensive end. I would probably go with uh, another guy on defense just because, you know, I would give somebody else an opportunity instead of recycling the same coaches. But it's not a bad pick because, you, I mean, you know what he brings to the table. Okay. Who would you get? Who would you get? Who would you – if you're if you're the Dolphins GM and you're looking for a guy, you know, I like – the reason I picked Zimmer instead of just, you know, a new guy giving a new guy a shot, Zimmer took those Vikings teams to the playoffs more times than not, you know. I mean, he was winning with those teams, and those teams are arguably, you know, less talented than what he would be stepping into in Miami. So – that's where I'm going with trying to be a proven commodity. But if you had to plug in somebody else, who you got? If I had to pick somebody, uh, I like the, the pick of going defense. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Les Frazier, man. I'm gonna give him a shot again. Uh, he okay. coached the Vikings for a little while, didn't work out. Offense wasn't very good, but defense was pretty solid, and he's been doing a hell of a job in Buffalo. So I think he deserves another go around. All right, all right. I don't like it. See, I I don't like that pick because he's coming from Buffalo. But at the end of the day. It would be a little bit of addition for us by subtracting from them, too. So I like that. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. Where was Leslie Frazier head coach at? Was he in Arizona for a little bit or something like that? He was the head coach of the Vikings for a while after that. Oh, the Vikings. Yeah, so he was, yeah, he was, he was, the, he was the head coach so, right before Zimmer, huh? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, I can. I, I, I guess I wouldn't be that mad at that, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know why they fired Brian Flores, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, for, for the Vikings speaking, I see why they got rid of Zimmer. You know, eight years of the experiment of the same old season, kind of always either about to make the playoffs or barely make the playoffs. You know, it gets old after a while. So who are you replacing the Vikings regime with there now that Zim's on the streets looking for a job? Well, I was thinking the same way you were thinking. I want a coach with some experience, so I'd have to do basically the same thing you did, and I'll take Brian Flores. Yeah, that would be. That, I think that would be. I, I think that'd be the best hire for almost any franchise out there looking for for a head coach right now. I thought he was doing a tremendous job. I don't know what happened. There must be something behind the scenes that I'm just not privy to. Um, but why? Why? Why a guy like Flo? Well, clearly, if you, I don't know if you call any Vikings team this year, but they were absolutely <laughs> atrocious on defense for the last two years. Now, that could be injuries, it could be scheme, it could be... Some of the guys you know, are old. Griff, yeah, ever since Griffin was losing so, so. his mind every other week, he was, you know, yeah. going on a mental relapse or whatever, so... The new Hunter's hurt again, yeah. so, you know, I'm not, I'm not... I just think that what he did with Miami's defense, how he cleaned up that defense, and I'm like, we, we need that, because they're not... The offense is doing pretty well, so I, I wouldn't probably go offensive, but the defense, you got to do something. That's unacceptable. Seriously. I mean, Flo did a hell of a job with the defense in Miami. I mean, he made us basically the best defense in the league, in my eyes, other than a few other teams. Um, and it, it just seems like, for whatever reason, we would come out of the gates a little bit slow to each season. So, you know, I think that was the damning part of him, but I think that had a lot to do with the offense. I mean, the offense is terrible. They would, like, never throw past five yards, you know? So if you got to pair flow with somebody, you need some offense there in Minnesota. You definitely have the weapons. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson's one of the best receivers in the league. Thielen's right behind him. So so who would you pair with flow? I would probably go, if they could pull it, I would either I'd probably go with Brian Dable for Buffalo. Oh, okay. I like, how he's, uh, I, I like uh, Josh Allen's development. I mean, because, you know, he took a big step up last year. Not so great this year as far as what he did the year before. But, I mean, that was still a really big jump. And they put him in situations for him to be successful and utilize his potential and, and look where they're at now. Yeah, I mean, I see where they're at. But I feel like that's defense, man. I don't know. I don't have faith in Buffalo's 
Buffalo's offense. And we're about to get into this in the, the next topic, but I'm just not a big, I'm not, I'm not a big Buffalo offense guy. I mean, their running game is trash. If you don't count Josh Allen scrambling up the middle for 30 yard gallops two times a game, you know, I mean, they're, I, I don't know. I didn't, I get where you're coming from. The Bills have been winning, and that's usually what happens. Your team wins, then you get a next opportunity to be a coach somewhere else. But, man, I don't know, Jimbo. That's dicey. That's dicey. And uh, here's another question. Here's another question. I hear you, but like – What? Go. uh, On Minnesota, though, he's going to have better weapons because you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you got Dalvin Cook. So you got those pieces there, and you got Irv Smith coming back off injury next season. And uh, Tyler Conklin played well. So you're going to have offensive pieces. So if he can't get it done with those pieces, Irv I mean, Smith I and Tyler really Conklin. Really is. Are you really saying Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin are offensive weapons? I mean, they're, they're not elite by no means, but there's only like three elite tight ends unless you're counting Kyle Pitts. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I guess tight ends are a little sl- slim pickings in the buckets, but yeah. They, but he will have weapons. You know, Dalvin Cook, like you, like, like I listed before, he will have weapons. Um, but yeah. Okay. I, I I I like the pairing. I just like the higher flow. I was big on Brian Flores, and I'm just bummed, man. I'm a little disappointed in Stephen Ross, and I'm starting to question his ability uh, to run a franchise. But I'm also not signing millions and millions of dollars of players' uh, bonuses. But I will tell you this: I want to put this full disclaimer out there to all the sports fans listening to press coverage sports and you could take this uh however you want and you could blast me for it and if you want to blast me on ig look me up at the press coverage sports show and blast me for what i'm saying but if we hire jim harbaugh i will not be a dolphins fan anymore what do you think about that jimbo do i get do i get a pass for that i give you a pass for it because i mean i think there's other coaches that deserve opportunity before he does you know what I mean, I, I ain't got nothing against him personally. You know what I'm saying? I think he was good in the NFL, but I mean, I guess I expected more from him at Michigan, and I expect, definitely expected more than what I saw in that playoff. So I ain't knocking him. I'm just saying. Okay. So if you listen to the earlier episode of uh, the last time we were on here, Jeremy, all I have to do is say I told you so, uh, because I knew I knew Jimmy was going to come out of the gates and trip right over his. Uh, uh, athletic tennis shoes tied up underneath those khakis. Uh, it's exactly what I expected out of a Jim Harbaugh uh, ball club. Um, so if any, <laughs> any Michigan fan out there that did not expect that to happen, then you're just lying to yourself. Um, but moving on, there's a couple of Michigan-like teams lined up for the playoffs. You know, that's what we, we said at the beginning of the show. Uh, NFL playoff season is here. I'm stoked. I'm pumped. This is the first year where Wild Card Weekend stretches for three days. Monday is a holiday for me. Uh, rest in peace, Martin Luther King. Um, and I'll be spending that day watching the Monday night playoff game for the first time ever. So good job, NFL, by shoving more and more football into my schedule. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be mad at that. So for everybody listening out here, um, what me and Jimmy are going to do here is I have two playoff brackets printed out in front of me. We're going to go through each game. We're going to analyze the games and we're going to make our picks based off of who we think is going to move on. Uh, We'll track records, you know, and uh, we'll also kind of give you maybe a little bit of a betting tip towards it, towards that game. If if that's your angle for how you like to watch football uh, with a little bit of recreational gambling, never hurts. Um, so we're going to go through there. We're going to track our picks. And then we'll be back on next week again to analyze whatever new matchups are up. And hopefully every single matchup is exactly how we predicted it. <laughs> and we won't have to uh, reshuffle the board. But we're going to go through it right now. And uh, I'm going to give you the ball first, Jimbo, with the first game on the slate. We have the once Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in the jungles of Ohio. Who you got, Jim? And why? I'm definitely taking the Bengals in that game. Uh, 
Uh, I like what I saw from them against Kansas City. They looked good. They got down, but they didn't give up. They kept fighting. I have really no faith in the Raiders, although I will give them credit that with all that's happened to them during the season, they still have made it to the playoffs, and they played hard every week. Uh, I like Joe Burrow, of course, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. You've seen what that is. You got T. Higgins out there and Tyler Boyd. And then on defense, I just think they got the better impact players. Yeah, I, I, you know, so for this game, I'm actually intrigued by this game. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping that it's actually going to be a Bengals beatdown. I'm just, I'm just hoping. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it stays close. Um, the line on this one is about five and a half, which kind of seems a little big, I guess, to a lot of to a lot of sports books out there. You know, playoff games. They this year, I don't know, Jim. I'm looking at the spreads. There's a lot of big spreads in this year's first round. I mean, there there must be a disparity in in who they think is going to win as far as the money coming in. Because I was surprised to see almost like three or four spreads that are creeping on double digits. You know, um, so seeing the Bengals given five and a half, maybe a little hesitant. But I'm all in on the Bengals, man. I was talking to you, you know, a day or two ago, and, you know, I threw even a little bit of action on them to win it all. That's how much I like the Bengals. Uh, You know, so I'm kind of all in on Cincy out of the AFC. I don't really believe in too many other teams, and I feel like no one's coming into the playoffs hotter than Cincinnati right now. Uh, So I'm all in on Joey Burrow. Uh, He's the only quarterback to throw for over 500 yards in a game this season, and then he followed it up with, like, another 400 yards. Uh, He's a proven winner. You know, go ask the SEC about what Joe Burrow does in big games. He's a gamer, Jimbo. And uh, he's just got that special connection with Chase, man. I mean, then we haven't even talked about Joe Mixon. And like you said, they got the better uh, playmakers on defense. Although I am worried about Crosby, man. They got to block that dude, Jim. You think since he's going to be able to block him? I, I, think they'll, I, do, I think they'll do a pretty good job. I mean, because outside of, you know, in Gakway, I mean, I don't think they really have too much else they have to worry about as far as pass rush. Yeah. So I would definitely double up on Crosby, make him work, make him earn it. And then uh, just, just just take it to them. I agree. Yeah, they gotta have to. They're gonna have to game plan that. I mean, they're gonna have to line up uh, Usmata or whatever the tight end's name. Sorry if I butchered your last name, brother. But they're gonna have to line him up on on Crosby's side a lot of these plays and at least get a chip on him, put a shoulder, put a shoulder on a shoulder or something, and then go run your route. Just something to slow him down because Burrow doesn't need much time. He just needs a little bit, you know. And we haven't even talked about Joe Mixon. I think if they just run Joe Mixon. Give the ball to Joe Mixon. I think he's I think he's a top five back in the league, personally. Um, and then on top of it, uh, they, the Cincinnati Bengals only come in averaging 34 penalty yards a game versus the Raiders almost 67 penalty yards a game. Um, and disciplined teams win in the playoffs. You know, there's a reason that that's an average for the whole year because that's who you are. So right there, they're already spotting the Bengals about 35, 40 yards. So yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I'm also going to go ahead and select the Bengals. And I actually like the Bengals to cover five and a half. You like the Bengals to cover five and a half? Yeah, I think it'll be close probably first half, but I think they'll pull away in the second half. Yeah. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I can see something like uh, like a 17-14 at halftime or even like a 14-10, maybe a little lower scoring than expected. And then then since he just comes out of the halftime ready to roll. Um, and the Bengals going to – I'm telling you, the, the jungle down there in the Ohio is going to be roaring, Jimbo. I was recently in the Midwest, you know, visiting my mom for the holidays and stuff like that. And, uh, man, I'm telling you what, the Bengals faithful are alive. I was in Hamilton, Ohio, man, and I seen every single kid there rocking a Jamar Chase or a Joe Burrow jersey. So. It's good to see, you know, a team like the Bengals, you know, they got they got the fans feeling alive again. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm all in on the Bengals. Uh, but moving on, moving on, I'll take this game first. Um, 
the next game on your slate while you're sitting there watching uh, watching football, hopefully drinking your favorite beverage and having a snack. We got the New England Patriots back in the playoffs where most people expect them to be this time of the year. Taking on the Buffalo Bills in frozen-ass Buffalo. I mean, like, frozen-ass Buffalo. It's supposed to be, like, minus two at kickoff. Um, so, going into this game, right, like, I want to I think that the Bills are just going to handle business. But something tells me that Bill Belichick is better than Josh Allen. And I'm thinking that he is gonna, he's going to coop up some kind of scheme um, that is really just going to give Josh Allen absolute fits. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna struggle a bit with trying to figure out what's going on. And it's gonna take too long to get started. I think the Patriots are gonna get a little lead early in the game, um, and then they're just gonna find a way to milk it and hold on to him. Although I do think that that three pass attempt bullshit game that Bill Belichick did is actually worse than better because I think he kind of got in Mac Jones's head a little bit. I mean, that's a little bit ridiculous, only letting your quarterback throw three passes in an NFL game. Um, but I'm riding with the Pats, baby, as much as as much as I hate to say it, but honestly, I'd hate to say that Buffalo is going to win too. I can't stand either one of the teams, but my totally unbiased opinion, I just think that I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. You know, how many more times is going to be in the playoffs? He is going to pull out all the stops to keep Josh Allen and that malign running game completely at bay. And I think they get a small lead early and they just hold on to it. Um, my bet of the game is the under of 44. I don't really feel confident enough to pick either one. So if I had the bet on the game, I'm going under 44. Uh, Jimbo, what you got? I initially wanted to go with the Patriots as well, but I'm going to go with the Bills. Um, I, think if they can, I think if they can get the running game going, that defense can actually stop somebody from running the ball in the cold weather. Which it seemed like you said three pass attempts, and you don't like you don't know what they're doing coming at you. If you can stop them, you got the number one defense overall in the league. You need to show that you got the number one defense overall in the league. Josh Allen needs to play well. He doesn't really play well in cold, but I expect that to change this game. So I'm, I'm taking the Bills. Okay, I, like I said, uh, like I said, my, my they're given four. You think they're cover four, or you take you, you take I'm them to cover. Taking them to cover. All right, Jimbo's going minus four and the Billy Goats. Okay, I mean, I'm not, I'm not super mad at it. I just don't think Adrian Phillips is a real key to Belichick's defense this year, and he was a little banged up. I think he only played like 30% of the snaps the last game against the Bills where the Bills kind of handled him a little bit. Um, and the Bills were pissed off that game. You know, they were pissed off at the three pass attempts. Remember when they asked, like, Micah Hyde or whoever those guys were, you know, like, do you feel disrespected that they only passed the ball three times or whatever? Um but yeah, so I, I think that three pass attempt game, if they do lose, that's going to be the reason. I think that's going to come back to haunt Bill Belichick where, you know, he almost told Mac Jones, hey, you're not good enough to go beat the Bills. So let me just run it 96 times. Um, but okay, so there we go. Jimbo's got Buffalo covering the spread. I got New England and staying under 44 points. Um, now, next up on the slate, we're going in, uh, in how you'll intake these games. So the next one on TV we got none other than Philadelphia E-Girls taking on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so this is going to be an interesting one. I'm, I'm very surprised that the Eagles are even in the playoffs. So they got the birds as big-time dogs, giving eight and a half on the road down there in humid, hot Tampa Bay. Who you got, Jimbo? What's going down in Tampa this, this uh, weekend? I've learned many lessons in life, and one of them is not betting against Tom Brady. So I'm definitely going with Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? I've learned the hard way several times, but I do have some concerns because, you know, 
I don't know who's going to be running the ball for him, so you might have Keyshawn Vaughn out there. I don't know what receivers they plan on putting out there, but they got I know Tom Brady's got the ball in his hands. Oh, yeah, exactly. You got 35-year-old Le'Veon out there. They, uh, they, not really, they got rid of the I'm wide not, receiver Le'Veon Bell and got the real running back Le'Veon Bell, or vice versa, got rid of the wide receiver Antonio Brown and hired the running back Antonio Brown. So, Yeah, and Lab, I say, let's Pittsburgh's running back of uh, Le'Veon Bell shows up. I'm not too confident in him. He ain't showed me nothing this year. But uh, other than that, uh, outside of that, the Eagles, I mean, Jalen Hurts is hit or miss, and they run the ball well in the Eagles, but, you know, that's what Tampa Bay games up for. So I don't think they're going to run through that line like that, and I don't want all that weight on Jalen Hurts' shoulders, and I think that he, he makes some mistakes, and it's going to cost him. Yeah, eight and a half, you think it's too big? Uh, I don't like it, but uh, I would take it because I just – it's Tom Brady, man. Yeah, eight and a half is big for me because here's my here's my theory of the Eagles having any chance in a snowball fight in hell against Tampa Bay is going to be if they can run the ball and they happen to run the ball okay. But if you look at the talent, yes, they have Jalen Hurts. He's a great you know talent at quarterback when it comes to running the ball. Um, But you look at their running backs. I mean, who are these guys? Kenneth Gainwell and uh, you know Boston Scott. And I mean, give me a break. You know, I mean, these guys shouldn't even be on a pro roster for the most part. You know, so they got they got the boy Jordan Howard out there. Jordan Howard, give me a break with that guy. And he said, for some reason, they still have him in a Dolphins jersey on everybody's team. You know, when you look him up on fantasy football and stuff, he's still rocking his Dolphins jersey. I'm like, what the heck, you know? That's because that's that's nobody knows who he plays for. Exactly. Um, so it's like, that being said, I think Tampa Bay is by far the most substantial team that Philadelphia could have ran up against. It's like, you got Tom Brady. He proved... Antonio Brown, I was trying to help you out, but I don't need you. I'll throw the game-winning 35-yard dime to your boy, Cyril Jefferson, some dude that you didn't even know was on the team. You know, he doesn't need necessarily that. He's never really had elite weapons. So even just having Mike Evans, Gronkowski, and Keyshawn Vaughn, he can catch the rock out of the backfield. I mean, he's a, he's all right. He's a, he's he's something, you know? I mean, he might not be playoff Lenny like they're going to miss out on for a little bit, but I just can't go against Tampa Bay, like you said, and there's not going to be much debate in this between us, Jimbo. I'm going Tampa Bay with a beatdown. I think it's going to be like Steve Smith said when he was coming back to Baltimore. Get your goggles. It's going to be a bloodbath out there. Take Tampa Bay to cover the spread all day long. I like it. Moving on from that. This might be the most, like, this is the game I'm probably the most excited to watch. Uh, Maybe it just shows that I'm a little bit old, and this was a rivalry maybe before some of the listeners uh, were recognized that it was an actual rivalry, but the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm looking forward to this game, Jim. How about you? Oh, absolutely, man. It's usually a good matchup when they play each other. I mean, clearly one team looks a little bit better on paper, but when the playoffs come, that doesn't matter. Throw it out the window. And San Francisco is playing great football right now. I mean, they're playing they're playing like a bully style of football. Like that defense is that defense looks nasty out there. Nick Bosa is by far the best Bosa. And, you know, then they got Greenlaw out there. He is a goon running around at linebacker. Um, Jimmy Ward is is it Jimmy Ward? They got the yeah, I think it's Jimmy Ward they got on defense. Uh they got they got they got a, a bunch of players on. They the, got Fred Warner. Fred Warner, yeah, I didn't even think about Fred Warner. They got Eric Armstead, who's been gooning lately too. So I mean, they're really pushing the pocket. They're aggressive on defense. Um, so that's why I'm definitely giving the Niners Niners a, a, a fighter's chance in this one. They're getting three points. If they're getting any more, I might want to take them. Um, 
But I do think ultimately the Cowboys' talent is going to win this game. You know, I think the Cowboys will struggle on offense, but their defense will actually just harass the shit out of Jimmy Garoppolo all game long. Because, you know, to me, going into this game, it's more of a competition of whose defense is playing better. You know, I, I think Dallas's defense is fantastic. Randy Gregory has finally stayed off the weed, like Stephen A. would have said. And uh, he's playing good football. He's getting after the passer. And then you got Micah Parsons. And the offense was absolutely clicking, granted, against, you know, the Philadelphia B, B team. But, uh, I mean, I just, I just like the weapons. I think if Dak Prescott's smart, he's going to target Amari Cooper a little bit more. He's your most proven guy. Bring it to the playoffs. Give Coop his 10 targets. Run Ezekiel Elliott um, and let the defense handle the rest. The only thing I'm worried about, though, is if San Francisco can get an early lead, they run the ball like 50 times a game. So if they get that early lead, uh, Dallas is really going to have their work cut out for them. Um, But I'm going Dallas giving three is my pick, Jimbo. Uh, What do you got? What do you think of this game? Well, every playoff, there's a, there's a game where you got to take a shot in the dark, and this is where I'm taking my shot, taking the 49ers upset. Okay. I, I, I'm not mad at that, man. I'm not mad at that. I really, I really, I really think there's a chance, but why? What, what's your reasoning? I'm thinking if, uh, if Jimmy G can get that, that thumb healthy, he can make his throws. If Elijah Mitchell's healthy, they can run the ball. You're putting Debo Samuel all over the field, let him run up and down, do what he does best, which is why I won a fantasy championship this year. Thank you, Debo. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ayuk out there. Jawan Jennings looks good. You know, George Kittle's going to eat. He does what he does. Um, and I just don't have much faith in the Cowboys. I get it. They're the most talented team. But how many games did you really see him put it all together when you expected him to? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel so, they got all the talent in the world. I can't knock them. But I'm going with 49ers. I feel you. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, I, I like that pick. I really wanted to go with the Niners, but I just feel like Dallas has too much invested in this season. I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it, but I am with you. That's why it's the game I'm most excited to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but moving on from that, on your nightcap, we have none other than the Steel Town Steelers from Pittsburgh taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. That place is going to be rocking. Uh, and you know what? I think they're going to be quieted a little bit, Jimbo. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. The 12 and a half dogs of Pittsburgh, I'm taking them straight up on the money line, baby. I think Pittsburgh's going to pull it off. Um, and now, now this might be a little bit out there. Uh, they got, they got absolutely wally mopped literally just three weeks ago, but TJ Watt only played like 50% of the snaps in that game, and he's basically having the best defensive end season of all time. Chiefs are banged up. They got like some swing tackle. Austin Remmers in there starting at right tackle. I would just line up TJ on the right side all day long. Melvin Ingram's been gooning on the other side. Uh, You got my boy uh, Big Play Minka on the back end. Hopefully he can uh, pull a couple picks on Patrick Mahomes. And in the first game, there was five fumbles. Pittsburgh recovered none of them. So if we have five fumbles again and Pittsburgh gets their hands on a few, you know, they get the cash in on a couple uh, chances. Uh, Tyreek Hill's banged up. You know, you can, you can start putting Minka and another guy on uh, your boy Travis Kelsey. I think they can slow him down. And I'm just thinking there might be a little Big Ben magic left in the Steelers. And when I say that, I mean just hand the ball to Najee Harris. <laughs> so hopefully they just run the shit out of Harris, get a lead, and hang on for dear life because Kansas City has a bad habit of getting behind in games. So call me crazy, but I'm going Pittsburgh with a straight-up win on your Saturday night or your Sunday night at, uh, playoff football. What do you think about that, Jim? I, I like the uh, I like the shock pick, but I, I really have no faith in the Steelers beating this team. I know it's possible because they're in the playoffs, but when you really look at it, I mean, Big Ben, I'm saying – 
I get it. It's his little swan song. He's going to ride off in the sunset. I think it's going to happen after this game. Uh, I think they're not going to be able to. I mean, they have the 23rd overall offense and the 24th overall defense. Well, I don't think that's going to get it done in the playoffs. That's just my opinion. I get it that they got T.J. Watt, but you double him up. And let me get this Patrick here. Casey Hayward is going to do something for you. I don't really see him getting it done on defense, slowing him down. Um, clearly, like you said, they got Najee Harris. If Deontay Johnson catching the ball, they have a chance. But I got no faith in their receiving core. He can't drop them every game, Jimbo. Back. You're right. So they, got, <laughs> they might have Juju coming back, but I don't have faith in that receiving core. So yeah. I think Cabo Holmes is going to eat him alive. I think as long as they can run the ball, you know what I'm saying, and just keep it balanced, I think it's going to be an easy win for him. I think Tyreek Hill will be healthy. I think he's going to expose the secondary. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I think he's going to eat. And you know they've got those speed receivers, so it's just going to take one play, one big one big boom, and it is over. I don't know. I think Joe Cool is going to come in, rocking some fresh pair of Jays. I'm talking about Joe Hayden, and uh, I think he's going to. I think he's going to lock someone down. I think Mick is going to make a few plays on the back end, and uh, hopefully that offensive line can keep uh, Frank Clark out of the backfield because that guy's been living there lately most games. So I feel like you can do those things. I don't know. I'm going with Pittsburgh. I, I I know I'm a little bit crazy, Jimbo, but hopefully I prove you wrong. Um, and uh, I got Pittsburgh on the money line. You got Kansas City covering 12 and a half, or do you like Pittsburgh's chances to keep it close? I think Pittsburgh's going to keep it relatively close. I mean, I think that, you know, I think they'll finish within 10, give or take. Okay. Because uh, I think it's going to be some garbage points at the end that get in there. Uh, but um, my only concern really for Kansas City is the defense. If the defense don't show up, yeah. they could be taking that L. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they've been showing up lately. Um, but now. Yeah, they've been playing well. Yeah, they've been playing really good. Now moving on to the last game of your wild card weekend. We got the hometown team from Persistence Headquarters uh, would be the Los Angeles Rams represented in this playoffs now that the old Chargers finally choked away their chances. And they are taking on a familiar foe in the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Um, I'm also looking forward to this game. I'm glad it's on Monday night. It deserves a little extra attention out of all the games that are there. This is going to be a fun one. Um, who you got, Jimbo? You know, uh, on one of our previous five. I picked uh, the Rams as my sleeper team, and I'm still going to roll with them. Okay, riding with uh, Stafford. Matt, yeah, yeah. If he can not turn the ball over and they actually establish the run and don't have him throw 60 times a game, when you have receivers like Cooper Cup who's eating, you got Odell Beckham Jr., you got Van Jefferson, how Higby getting some passes here and there. Higby's been I mean, balling, I don't bro. Think yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think that the offense, if it's clicking, it's going to be really, really hard to stop because on defense, all Cardinals really have is Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, and Buda Baker. And I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done. Bro, Buda Baker, though, I've been watching some Cardinals games lately, and I'm f- full disclaimer out there. When I want to know who's going to win the play, I just watch number three. I think he rocks number three. And, uh, dude, if Buda Baker, if he's if he's looking electric on that play, the Cardinals are going to do something good. When he, like, lines up in the box, that dude is bad news, man. I'm telling you, I love me some Buda Baker. And uh, the Cardinals defense, you, you named some – you said all they got is those three players. There's some pretty damn good three players. Players, um, so oh, they are. Yeah, they are. I'm not saying they scrubs or nothing, but I'm saying when you look at what the Rams offer on offense, if they yeah. can get it going, it's going to be tough for anybody's matchup. I agree, I agree, I agree. But your boy Cliff Kingsbury said Kyler is going to ball. He's going to have the best game of his career. That's what the coach said. Putting a lot of pressure on Kyler's uh, shoulders, you know. So I mean, the, the pressure is there. The Cardinals are going to take this game. They're eight and one on the road this year. They love playing on the road. It's okay. probably it's probably better that they're playing on the road, um, but it's tough playing a divisional opponent again. Uh, and I think yeah. I think that I think the Rams D will be ready and they're going to show out. I think Vaughn Miller wrecks the game. 
I'm expecting Vaughn Miller to have like three sacks. Everybody's focused on Aaron say, Donald I, I and hope, things like that. I think Vaughn Miller is going to play off. Vaughn Miller is going to show up. I better say, I hope those guys on, on the defense, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller took that as disrespect that Cliff Kimberly would say something like that, and they go in there and they buck that ass. I think, yeah, I think, I think it, I think it might end up being a beatdown. I think they're giving five, and I'm taking that all day long. I've seen it five and a half. I've seen it four and a half. So we'll just call it five. Meet in the middle. Rams giving five. I'm taking them to cover all day long on Monday. Hopefully, I hit my parlay on Saturday and Sunday, and I take a big old chunk of house money and put it on the Rams to get it done. Um, I think McVay's smart enough to notice, uh, at least hopefully he is, that when he's more aggressive with Stafford throwing the ball down the field, he ends up having a better game. So hopefully he doesn't do this dink and dunk bullshit and just let him air the damn thing out. Um, so that's it. That's Wild Card Weekend right there. I got the picks down here. We got it on wax for uh, verification as well. Um, and we'll go through round two and see how right we were uh, next week. Um, but with that wrapping up the show, you know what time it is. We end every show with the Bump and Run segment. And Bump and Run is brought to you by Sweet Fuel Protein Bars. It's a persistence foods company that provides you with the best tasting protein bars on the market. I guarantee you to prove me wrong, not going to happen. So be sure to try all the great flavors, including the number one fan favorite right now, the dark chocolate flavor. It's absolutely bomb. You can find these Sweet Fuel bars in any PC facility. You can order them online or even catch them at local Ventura Farmers Market. So be sure to follow them on IG at Get Sweet Fuel. So, Jim, it's time to bump and run. I'm on the line. What you going to hit me with? All right. Since we just finished up the uh, national championship in college, we fast forward a little bit to the draft. Okay. Of all the, the quarterbacks in college, right, I don't think any one of them are going number one, obviously, but you never know. You never know. If you have to pick who's the first quarterback you're taking in the draft. Okay. Barring some weird uh, Division Two guy coming out of South Dakota's Central State or something like that that I don't know oh, about. One. You know that. <laughs> that I don't know about right now that does like some crazy vertical leap in the combine or some shit like that. If I had to look at everybody that's out there, I'm definitely not sold on any of them, and I hope that the Dolphins don't decide to waste uh, the first-round pick that they have on one of these guys uh, because I'm sure they'll have their pick of the litter. But if I had to go with someone, I'm probably going to go with Kenny Pickett out of ACC. I feel like he played in the most professionally based kind of offense as far as the way that the league is trending. And when you want to have an offensive, you know, powerhouse, he can scramble a little bit. He showed it with the fake slide, you know, Mr. Fake slide. First guy to ever do it. And probably the last, because now it's a penalty. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if I had, do I think Pickett's worth a first round pick? No, I don't. I'd rather find like a project quarterback that you could probably scoop out of like the third or fourth round. Um, but if I had to take someone first, I'd probably go with Kenny Pickett. Uh, ACC had a lot of powerful offenses, and he kind of kept up with all of them. So with that being said, you don't need to worry about what kind of defenses he went up against in college or what type of defense he had. Put him on a team with a decent defense and give him some weapons. And the right I think the key is the right guy calling plays. Um, and I think Kenny Pickett might be okay. But uh, yeah, I'm not, not really sold on any of the, uh, the current quarterbacks that are there I'd even would rather take like I said a project quarterback like maybe Slovis out of USC or something like that uh, but I think he might even went in the transfer portal I don't even know if he if he if he's coming out um, so out of the handful of guys that are going as first rounders him and Ritter kind of is close for me but I, I'd go and pick it now I'm going to throw it back at you though Jimbo and give you the same jam press off the line and uh, how about you who do you who do you like as a chance to be an NFL quarterback out of this year's litter 
I'm going to go with it. Like you said, all of them, there's not really one that we can really look at and be like, all right, this is sure deal. But I'm, I would probably take, like you said, a second, third round pick. I'd probably go with Malik Willis because I think that with his uh, his skill set, if you can get him the right coaching, I think he can be a game changer for you. I like his I like his skill set for sure. Like he's got all the things, but he's also got all the things that Jamarcus Russell had too. So I'm definitely not sold on Malik Willis. And you look at the competition he played, eh, not that great. Um, one guy I thought was coming out that I would have probably took as a surprise pick number one overall is Grayson McCall from uh, Coastal Carolina. I like that kid. Uh, I don't know if he'll be worth a damn in the NFL, but I like him. He's got a mullet, and he plays hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, he's got a couple. He's got a couple of things going for him. But yeah, this year, I mean, it's slim picking. So if the Dolphins are smart, we'll just Dude. we'll just ride with Tua and give him a damn offensive coordinator that's worth a shit, and let's see what he's got for one more year. It's kind of a bonus question. Do you think any quarterback goes in the first round? Yeah, I do. I do. I think this. I, I think the. I. I. I just think. In today's era, there's too many people on the back end of the draft or picking in the middle of the draft that need a quarterback that they might, if since no one's gone, they'll think that they're worth taking a pick. Like, I can see the Falcons even taking Kenny Pickett at like 12 or 13 or something, wherever they're picking at. Um, People are going to want to maybe take Malik Willis. And we got to see the combine, like we were saying. Like, Malik Willis comes out and runs a 4-4.5 and and is showing off a cannon for an arm you know who knows he might end up bumping up into the middle of the first round or something like that but yeah there's I mean there's nobody screaming NFL quarterback this year so yeah I, th- I think at least two of them probably go because you know there's always gonna be that team's gonna take the gamble you know what exactly. I'm saying like they just they just feel they're, the, they're gonna be the smartest franchise out there and just see the guy that nobody saw coming that's right I think this year it'll be no quarterback and the next year we'll be right back in the thick of things with well you know what and, and I kind of forgot about Matt Corral too he's intriguing but uh I mean I don't think he's deserving of a first round pick I think he's more of a Lane Lane Kiffin kind of uh project at this point you know I don't know if, what he'd be able to prove in the league uh, so, yeah, this year is not for quarterback. There's a lot of great offensive linemen in this year's draft, though. It's not a fun pick, but damn it, Dolphins, take some. Take one that's worth a damn, all right? Stop picking these projects like Austin Jackson, shit like that. You got you got, you got Jesse Davis, don't you? Ain't that his name? Yeah. Uh, well, who knows? We'll see. Dolphins need to turn around their first-round picks. Although Jalen Phillips was a hit, that defensive end out of Miami, he's played. I, I was a little bummed when we selected him. There's a couple guys left on the board that I'd rather take, and he played his ass off this year. Um, and, and we've hit on a lot of second- and third-rounders. It's just we have all these first-round picks, and they've been definitely not overwhelming by any means. Um, you know, you can thank Coach Flores for that. Yeah, well, there's a reason he's in the door. But was he picking them, or was the GM picking them? You know, usually – Oh, I bet you yeah. I mean, Flores was, was, was good at developing the people he drafted on defense. So I think the GM is the one that's messing up the picks. But they just don't want to fire. And so somebody's got to take the axe. And if you're the owner and you get the pick, you're going to side with whoever your guy is. I just don't think Flores was his guy. So he went with uh, Chris Greer. I guess, man. That's a terrible move. For all you Dolphins fans listening out there, I'm sorry. The things that I've been seeing online, you guys are just as outraged as I am, thankfully so. Um, yeah, I think we might have screwed the pooch on this one. We'll see what we uh, can dig out of the old boneyard. Um, but, Jim, it's been a pleasure having you back on the Press Coverage Sports Show. It was a hell of a start to 2022 right here. And uh, all the fans listening out there, you know, tune back in next week where we'll be digging into the second round of the playoffs, big dog. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I hope we get a few more shows in and we'll see what the second round does for us. I hope we get some winners in there.
Definitely will do. Please tell your friends about the press coverage sports show or tell me about it. If there's something you like or don't like, or you want a topic that you want to hear us chop up about, or if you want to come on and chop it up with me, you know, DM me at the press coverage sports show. Um, just, just get at me at any way that you can. Uh, it's always a pleasure hearing from the listeners. Uh, I'm always appreciate the time that you lend me. You can listen to anything out there. So I appreciate you tuning into the press coverage sports show for a little bit of time in your day. I'm your host, Jason J seals Holmes. Thanks you for joining us for another episode of Press Coverage Sports Show brought to you by Persistence Media. And as we always say at Persistence Culture, keep moving.